Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Greg McPherson is a biotechnologist, a futurist, author, and pharmacologist. We're thrilled to have Greg McPherson on the show today. He's the founder of SRW Laboratories, which stands for Science, Research, and Wellness. And as our guest, he's here to uncover and harness the 14 hallmarks of aging. In his career, he has dedicated himself to helping people overcome health challenges and achieve their full potential. Greg's journey started with the founding of one of the first online pharmacies in New Zealand, where he broke down barriers to accessible health care. He then turned his attention to the safety of medicine delivery, leading to the formation of the first government-licensed robotic dispensing facility in the country. In recent years, Greg has focused on biotechnology and understanding cellular aging, which is the single biggest risk factor for poor health. With hundreds of billions of dollars spent on solving age-related diseases without much success, researchers are now turning to ways to delay the impact of aging on our health. Greg's company, SRW Laboratories, offers a range of nutraceuticals that support cellular health, including customized supplements and DNA age test kit that measures cellular age. Greg is also the author on the topic with his latest book, Harnessing the 14 Hallmarks of Aging, coming soon. During our conversation, we discuss Greg's work in helping people reverse their biological age, the role of muscle tone and longevity, and the importance of supplements like NMN in promoting healthy aging. We also delved into the 14 hallmarks of aging, the challenge of living longer and healthier, ageism, and the cult of youth. Additionally, Greg explained the importance of MTOR, the master switch, and the replenishment of stem cells for healthy aging. I'm so excited to bring you this episode and invite you to tune in to learn more about Greg's fascinating journey and his mission to promote healthy aging through biotechnology. This episode is in partnership with SRW Laboratories. Greg, welcome to Ageless by Rescue. What an honor to have one of my personal heroes in biotechnology appear on the Ageless by Rescue podcast. Yeah, it's fantastic to be here, Baha. Thanks for the opportunity to have a chat. You know, when we were getting ready to record, we talked about um, your pathway to uh, being a creator in the biotechnology space. And one of the reasons I was delighted to have you on the show is that, you know, you you did the research and the studies and published your books first and then went into the manufacturing side of things. So it wasn't a marketing-led pursuit. It was truly uh, born from your passion and your, in the intro I explained, you know, what your background was. Um, but I want to ask you, you know, uh, longevity has been a topic that people are truly exploring and we are living longer. What do you think is the most topical aspect of um, talking about longevity, lifespan and health span? 
Yeah, great question. And I think right now they're really exciting works being done on something called cellular reprogramming. And um, we can do this ourselves, but really, but, but there are researchers out there that are looking to reprogram our cells and actually make them act younger. We have a little biological clock that ticks away in our cells. And uh, it turns out that if you can, you can actually turn that clock back and um, turn your cells age back as well, or how they act. So to me, that's the most exciting thing that's happening out there right now. Um, but um, and that's a wee way away from how that we can all access it. But right now, you can actually reprogram your cells and do that by doing exercise, taking supplements, being mindful. Those sorts of things can actually affect your cells and make them act younger. You know, life expectancy has dramatically increased since the 1900s, and I'm wondering if. Um, you have any thoughts on the challenges that this places on, you know, humanity, the medical system, uh, and you know how we live our lives? Because you know uh, we were talking before that, in in my view, um, the traditional medical system is largely broken, and we saw that during the pandemic, where um, there was such a shortage of hands on deck and. You know, most people that I speak to um, would have never had a consultation with their GP that's lasted longer than 30 minutes unless they're a candidate for a heart attack or breast cancer. Um, yeah. You never really get a, a functional uh, consultation. What do you think this uh, increased life expectancy, what are, what are the real life pressures that it's going to have on society? Yeah, so we've we've had an incredible increase in life lifespan um, over the last hundred years, two hundred years, and but what it's and we've done that through better nutrition, through antibiotics and medicine and so on, but we really haven't transitioned out of that that break fix sick care model because that's really what it is. Right. You go to your doctor. What, what was it? I love that break. It's like break fix, right? You you don't go and see your doctor until something's broken, and yes. then you go and get it sorted. And, and that's actually, we, we need to turn that around and actually go, how do we stay well? You know, we all spend a bunch of money on our cars and we take, get them serviced every six months. And, and we do that because it's really expensive if they break and it's dangerous if something goes wrong. So we need to think about that from our own health perspective and go, um, I want to go and make sure that everything's tracking well. And if and 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 that's the first thing we do. So it's almost like preventative wellness, right? We actually just look at how do we keep things going well if if we keep going the way we're going um there's this quite a frightening statistic by 2050 which is 25 years away or so um 22 billion of us are going to be over the age of 60 right which is which is crazy it's about 25 percent of the population you imagine what our healthcare system is going to look like if we all turn up um, like we are now, and uh, it's going to put huge pressure on everything. It's going to be a, a big problem. So it's actually really urgent that we flip um, this break-fix model of healthcare into uh, preventative wellness and, and actually start right now. And not only not worry about and worry about it or think about it in your 20s and 30s because aging starts as soon as you're born so if we can actually age better as we go along then we will turn up in our 60s with the other two billion of us uh, there in much better shape. I think what's um, really interesting in the research that I've read and certainly you address this in your book um, is that 
there is a massive rise in preventable diseases. Mm -hmm. And the the big ones, the big ticket items are diabetes, obesity, and heart disease. Um, Can you share a little bit more about how, um, speaking further to what you were saying before, uh, addressing these preventable big ticket diseases as the population is aging is going to really unlock health span to go along with lifespan? Definitely. And we all got to think about these diseases as actually not just, you know, turning up one day. They take decades to uh, manifest. And it's really important that we start to consider our health and how well we're traveling through time um, as early as possible so that we're actually in really good shape by the time we get um, older and we can defer these diseases. And a lot of these diseases are syndromes of aging right actually it's it's relating to um, that and you know if we solved cancer or we solved diabetes or and individually um, it might only add a couple of months to a year of life expectancy because if that doesn't get you the next thing does right so really what we've got to look at it as, as a perspective of how do we keep our cells as healthy and as, as as working as well as possible for as long as possible because if we do that and we keep our, our biological age as young as possible, yes. then we actually reduce the risk of getting some of these conditions later in life. And then there's just no time to start, better time to start than right now. The other night I was um, dancing around the living room to Taylor Swift and Harry Styles with my 12-year-old daughter. And we just decided to put on some music and dance around the house. And at one point she looked at me and she goes, Mom, you're like a 32-year-old. And I thought, you know what, I feel like a 28-year-old, but I'll take 32 because I'm really 49. And one of the things that you just said really, really strikes a chord with me, and it's actually the title of the podcast, is Cellular Wellness. So I have been hyper-focused in my own ageless journey to keep the eye on the prize of cellular wellness. I don't really get bogged down in all the other stuff, because what I want to do, because of what I've studied and what I hear as the most important thing, and you're saying it again, and I'm so pleased to have this discussion with you is focus on your cellular wellness, focus on, you know, preserving, reversing damage, enhancing the behavior of your cells. And one of the things, and we're going to talk about this is, um, you know, I am a massive fan of DNA testing. Um, I've, I've done two DNA tests in my life. I did 23andMe and I did DNA Power. And we're going to talk about a DNA test that you've created, which also gives you your biological age, which I'm super excited to try. But um, the reason I really believe in that is I like to have the baseline dashboard for my genetics. Yeah, look, it's it's really exciting, and um, I can't take all the credit for inventing this test. And but it's so exciting because you can now look inside your cells and look at something called your epigenetics. And so, you know, your DNA test is your is kind of like your individual code. But outside that is the epigenetics, and this is a the genes that are actually on or off. Um, but, but hidden amongst all of that is a little clock which actually ticks along and and progresses um, as you age. Um, and it's called your biological age or cellular age, and it's different than your chronological age. And uh, you know, I look at you, and you look absolutely look 20, uh, 28, 
yet 49, that tells me that your biological clock is, is actually much younger than your chronological clock. And what's really exciting about these biological clocks is that you can change them. You sit on the couch for too long and you perhaps drink some soda and you have some, you know, a Western diet that accelerates that clock. And but when you do things like dance around with your 12 year old and eat well and are mindful and, and certain other things like taking supplements, you can flip that biological clock right back. And it could be even 10 to 20 years younger than your chronological age. And what gets exciting about all of that, of course, is that the younger your biological clock, it means the cell, your cells are acting younger, they're behaving younger, and your risk of some of those health conditions that people experience with older age is substantially diminished. And, and uh, it's really the first time that we've been able to get that kind of data at that level in our cells. And what you measure, you can manage, right? So get a number and you can change it for the better. Uh, I know that one of, you know, the leading uh, luminaries in this conversation is Professor David Sinclair, an Australian uh, scientist who's based out of Harvard. And he wrote, you know, best-selling book, Lifespan, Why We Age and Why We Don't Have to. Um, I refer to that book all the time. I have it as a physical book. I have it as an audio book. Um, I've made my daughter listen to chapters in it. She's really interested in making sure that you know, her parents and her grandparents live as long as possible. And uh, and we have a lot of conversations around wellness in our household. But the biological clock is something that Professor Sinclair um, speaks about a lot. And again, going back to the concept of cellular wellness, you know, not the motherhood statement of wellness, but how are our cells behaving uh, is, is really exciting. And what you're saying just makes me so happy because uh, you know, I've I've practiced on myself. I've I've tested this myself, and I've seen amazing results um, that have been tested in my blood tests, that have been tested in my DNA tests, that uh, that show up in my physicality. Um, you know, a conversation that I'd like to have, I'd like to touch on, is ageism and the cult of youth. And you touched on this in your book, and I think it's a really interesting conversation because. I think the only question I've ever had around uh, launching the podcast and the magazine and what I do, calling it ageless, is, you know, people say, are you scared of aging? Are you, um, you know, uh, age phobic? And it's like, actually, no, the exact opposite. But I'm curious from your kind of scientific perspective and research, what are your thoughts around this? Yeah, I see ageism everywhere, and it's something that uh, we're all guilty of, and it's quite unconscious, um, but uh, it's it's something we just need to edit out of uh, our conversations. You know, there are, we, we're moving into a time where we're all going to live significantly longer. Um, we need to address what that means in the workplace. We need to address what it means when you go see the doctor. There, there's so many areas where we need to approach this from not so much um, what how old you are but um, how well you are and and what's your state of mind and 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 so on so um yeah I think it's a it's a dirty word and certainly um, it's going to be really difficult to get it out and what I also find fascinating about it is that we all experience it so you know you no one escapes this uh, the ageism um and so really if we sort of think about it from that perspective the sooner we can all work on, editing it out of the conversation and and not treating anybody differently depending on their age um I you know there's that... a lot of um you know 
bon mots and that that people say you know 40 is the new 20 uh, you know we kind of extrapolate on these themes but we're headed that way like yeah. um 80 will be the new 60 like we we are really what five years away from that 10 years away from that i'd say 10 to 15 years and 80 could be the next 40 i mean it looks like um what we can do is, is literally reprogram ourselves so we might what that what that means is we might get to 40 or 50 and go in for a little treatment like a little uh, i don't know dry clean or a, a car wash in the cell so to speak and turn back up at 40 and ourselves are absolutely acting like someone in their 40s and we might rinse and repeat that for as long as we like it could be that you get to 50 and go in turn 40 again and just keep going so these so uh, much. I'd love to go to that special dry cleaning place wherever that yeah. is sign me up <laughs> it's, it's coming and it's actually Dr Sinclair that's doing a lot of work in this area and uh and other researchers I've seen that have uh, reversed skin cells from 50 to 20 to 20 um I believe uh, some of the work that uh, Dr Sinclair is doing is taking mice that are you know equivalent of 60 and, and taking them back to 40 so these are, are, are tests that are not science fiction it's actually happening of course it's going to take a little while to translate into how we make that happen for humans but just the fact that they can do it in, in other animals is is mind-blowing and it means that there is a pathway for us you know, I went and visited uh, the one of the laboratories um, uh, of life biosciences here in Sydney, and uh, and Dr. Lindsay Wu is heading up that team, and they uh, were the team that reversed blindness in mice, and that uh, was published in Nature magazine as a complete breakthrough. And um, when I did the laboratory visit, uh, which was mind blowing. Uh, what they were working on is reversing the age of the reproductive uh, yes. organs of mice. Yes. And they're working on something that's going to be potentially an alternative to uh, assisted fertility, which will be uh, delivered by three supplement intakes. Yes. Um, and they're quite a long way in, in their research and testing. And it's here it's just being refined. And um, I wonder, do you have any thoughts on um, stem cell regeneration as part of this conversation, the non-supplemental way to kind of uh, reverse the age and the increase the wellness of cells? Yeah, I mean, stem cells are the, I guess, the, the cells that are, um, can like convert into any cell in our body, essentially. And we have pools of stem cells around all around our body that um, and as we get older they they get tired and they run out and um, it, it turns out that you can stimulate them naturally um, one is through fasting and that actually helps to um, regenerate your stem cells um, but also in the in the clinic um, the doctors are working out how to um, deliver stem cells to your body and this has quite a rejuvenative effect I was at a you think that's going to be the you know the drive-in that we go to to get like a stem cell reboot <laughs> Yeah, look, well, actually, the um, what, what you'll get a reboot of every cell in your body. Um, that's that's going to be the, the treatment. But I, I spoke with a chap um, at a conference a couple of weeks ago, and what he's doing is he's got um, stem cells, and that stem cells release a whole lot of factors um, that 
go around the body. And what he's doing is actually collecting those factors. And so you get a, you in the future, get an injection, which will have a very rejuvenative effect. So you're not, you're sort of bypassing the stem cells, but getting the stem cell juice, if you will. Wow. And that could be, um, that could be one of the steps as well that we have. There's, there's just so many different elements that scientists are working on right now, which um, uh, all show huge potential. And that's just, just one of them. Now, you talk about MTOR being the master switch in your body. Can you explain to me what this is and how this is going to affect our um, course for cellular wellness? Yeah, so uh, MTOR or mTOR is a, a little protein in our body that um, is called a nutrient sensing protein. So what it does is when you have a, some, when you eat um, and you have some protein like a steak or um, a pea protein, whatever, um, it actually senses that you've got some protein in your body and it turns on switches to um, build tissue, so build muscle or, or so on. And but the opposite happens when you fast or, or spend some time not eating that mTOR switch gets turned off. And when it gets turned off, different pathways get activated in your body. And um, the, uh, and a really good example of the benefits of it is when you when you calorie, calorie restrict, right? You have less calories than you would typically have. And people that do that um, actually uh, act, are younger. So calorie restriction is the one uh, intervention that you can do that actually slows aging in every single animal that's ever been tested on. mTOR is part of that equation. And so when you, you, when you turn it off, what it does is it gets energy and nutrients from the cells that aren't working so well in your body, some of the older tired cells. And so it gives your body the opportunity and triggers um, something called autophagy, which is actually the breakdown and use of, of our cells that aren't working so well. And it's, it's a it's across all mammals, um, and we think it's it's there because there might have been times when we didn't get to have food for four or five days or 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 a week, and we needed to find a way to get through that and survive and make it through to when we got food again. And uh, so that switch, which gets turned off when we don't eat, helps the body survive, and and uh, turns out helps the body live longer. And of course, when we get to the food, it gets switched on again and all those stem cells fire up into action and replace all of those cells and you get this beautiful replenishment that occurs. So it's a, it's a really healthy thing to do. And it's, and it's actually one of the reasons we have so many metabolic diseases these days is because we're eating all the time. We're not missing something. We're having a snack at midday and a snack at after noon and a snack before bed. Our body never gets to turn that switch off and that causes problems. So mTOR is fundamentally important. It's really important when it switches on because we're growing tissue, but really important that we give it time to turn off as well. I've been fasting for two years. So I do intermittent fasting and it is the single best health hack that I have discovered for my body. It stripped off excess fat and, uh, it gave me energy. It was incredible for my hormones uh, in a post-perimenopause state. Uh, it improved my sleep, my focus, and I don't, I don't miss not fasting at all. I fast every single day. It's like breathing to me now. And I started slowly because it was a very different way for me to uh, live. So the first 
a few weeks of fasting, uh, I would stop eating at eight and um, then push breakfast out till say nine or 10. Then I'd do that for a couple of weeks, then do 11, then 12, then one. And now I can comfortably fast until about 2 p.m. before I see any kind of blood sugar drop. And I, it's really worked for me. And I've studied it a lot and I've had blood tests before and after and a hormone test before and after periods of fasting. And, and the results have been incredible for me. But again, I always say, you know, you do have to be under some medical supervision if you're going to change your diet or supplementation uh, yeah, dramatically. Definitely. And it's a wee bit like um, when you first start running or doing some sort of exercise, it's a wee bit difficult at the start, but after a wee while, it becomes really, really natural. And we've all got um, energy stores in our bodies and fat and stored in our liver, et cetera. And so what's neat about... Um, uh, fasting is you get metabolic flexibility because you can get energy from sugar or from fat, right? So the body prefers sugar because it's easier. But um, once you actually train yourself, um, it, it, it switches to fat burning super easily and, and really quickly. And the important thing with fasting is that you've got to, you know, you, you don't want to um, restrict your nutrition because obviously yeah. it's really important you get, you know, the your vitamins and minerals from food. Um, but if you can use uh, fasting to perhaps do a little bit of calorie restriction, not not a lot. You don't need much, but um, you know maybe ten percent. Um, and skipping a meal will do that for you. Then you are flipping your body into longevity mode, and that's um, really good for your health. One of the things that I did notice about fasting was some muscle density loss, mm -hmm. and um, and that's kind of the first product I tried from your brand. Um, uh, which is a supplement that you take that can that works really well in redentifying your muscles and uh, and making your workouts work smarter. I'm going to get to that, but um, do you agree that uh, that can be a byproduct of of fasting? Yeah, definitely. So you you want to be when you're fasting, be um, and and definitely talk to your doctor or your dietitian, but. Uh, need to make sure that you're taking adequate uh, protein so that you don't lose muscle mass because uh, you know, muscle is actually a really important organ it's metabolically active the more you've got the more the higher your metabolic rate which just means that uh, you're you're literally burning calories as, as you as you move with, with with decent muscle and so um, it's important to maintain it and uh, there is this thing called sarcopenia which is the muscle loss as we age, it's it's a thing that we all deal with, um, probably fifty and beyond, um, and it's a really important health metric that we maintain our health, our muscle mass. So certainly, um, this is why fasting needs to be quite conscious and talk with experts so that you can fitness, make sure it's working correctly for you. Yes, so I've definitely fine tuned. Um the protocol for myself. And I, I found that that works better. I want to go back to the conversation about chronological aging and biological aging. And I'd love you to kind of just recap on the definitions and then talk to me about your DNA age test yeah. that um, you've developed and why it's different. Yeah, good stuff. Well, we, we've got two ages. We've got our chronological age, which is, you know, the, the age you celebrate each time you have your birthday. And then you have a biological age, and that can be radically different. It can be older than your chronological age. It can be younger. And it really defines how 
how your what age your cells are acting, right? So you can be 50 and have your cells acting like someone in their 30s, um, or like I said, in your in your 70s. And what's so exciting now is that uh, these uh, very clever people have worked out how to measure your biological clock, and um, it's really a a leading indicator of how well you're traveling through time, right? How well you're doing and, and all the things that you're doing to be healthy, how well they're working. So what we can, um, with our DNA tests, can do is give you your biological age. So just to get an insight into how well your cells are acting. Um, and that's an important number because um, they can be different. Say your twin had a rock and roll lifestyle and, and lived a pretty, um, I, know, I guess, a, a, rock, yeah, a rock and roll lifestyle. They, that would typically is associated with perhaps a bit of damage to your cells and it ages you faster, right? So your your twin who had a, you know, a, a party, you know, decade in, the, in their 30s will naturally have an older biological age to, to you. Um, but the other thing that we can give you is something called pace of aging. And pace of aging is how well you're doing right oh, now. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. And you know how you, you measure your HbA1c, which is your, your, your blood sugar over three months. This is giving you what's happening right now inside your cells. And so your rock and roll lifestyle um, sister could actually have a lower pace of aging than you because she's turned her life around and she's doing things which are actually slowing things down so it's a really really interesting number and so my number is uh, 0.82 which means that for every my pace of aging I'm getting two free months a year sort of thing in terms of um, my my aging trajectory so that's your and Benjamin Button number yeah, that's it, right? And, and we recently um, uh, were uh, talking to a, a journalist in New Zealand. Her number came back at 0. 0.71. So it's like you know, you can get a really, really good number, and it's and then what it does is it tells you right now all the things that you're doing, whether they're working or not. But the other thing which is really interesting is that you can get above one, right? So you can get a 1.2 score. Uh, that's the score you don't. Mm. Yeah, but what's What's interesting with that one is it gives you a health risk, right? If you're under one, you've you've got about a 50% less chance of having a serious health condition over the next seven years compared to someone who's who's above one. So you're right there and then you can see how you're doing. And if it's not working so well, make some changes and then test again in six months and you're right, you know, and just course correct. And it's it's a it's almost like a window into how well you are traveling. So does your DNA uh, age test give you also a background and a breakdown of your uh, predisposition to major diseases? No. So we're not looking at the actual genes that you've got. What we're looking at is the information around your genes, which are telling us um, essentially there are just there are patterns of something called methyl groups these are little chemical switches on our, our dna and it turns out as we age they they shift in very um in patterns and and you, whatever pattern you have actually is associated with how um well you're you're aging from a biological perspective it's it's almost like a clock that's ticking, ticking away on our dna and again professor uh, sinclair talks about this all the time, measuring, 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 understanding your biological clock, understanding your chronological versus biological aging. And um, I think that the conversation is is so interesting. And it's, it's a, would you believe it's a test I've never had? 
So I'm going to add that to my test because I am a massive fan of understanding my own health dashboard. Um, it's been the single uh, biggest motivator and driver uh, for me and it gives me a great reward system you know it's like the gold star when when you see some of those metrics improve there's nothing more motivating uh, than to see um, those health markers improve and certainly bring down my biological age would light me up like a Christmas tree <laughs> Well, I'd say you're looking pretty good. And what I was excited to hear is um, not that your daughter needs to do the test, but that you're having this conversation and she's thinking about it because we start aging from the day we we're born. And the real opportunity, I think, is this next generation coming through who are going to be able to develop the habits that are associated with slowing biological age much earlier than the rest of us. And so that's going to mean that they, um, you know, your daughter may look um, like you do when she's 70 because she's had advanced access to all of this knowledge um, and so you know the next generation is going to age completely different to the rest of us I mean definitely I am uh, my mum is a beautiful woman uh, and but she's never really looked after her health it's never been a priority she hasn't exercised um, she, she was just genetically blessed with uh, great skin a great figure a great brain and she's, ne but now since turning 70, some of that neglectfulness is catching up. And, um, and I think about, you know, when, when she was my age, um, and I think, my goodness, I am living so differently to how she was. And, and we're not, you know, she was 19 or 20 when she had me. So it, our age gap is quite small, but yeah. I, I look at her and I think, oh, um, do I want to have those issues in 20 years? Definitely not, because I don't feel I'm anywhere near ready mm. to have some of those health concerns. And um, definitely, you know, I hope that Lily uh, is going to be ahead of the curve from me as well. Um, um, let's talk about, um, since we're talking about lifestyle, uh, what are some of the lifestyle supplement uh, changes that are worth investing from your research uh, in working with reducing our biological age and preventing the big ticket diseases? Well, the, the first thing is that base layer of you can't out supplement poor lifestyle and a, and a poor diet. So get those right is just the first thing you can do. And, and it really is, um, you just need to Google Mediterranean diet, which is one of the more accessible and best longevity diets that are that that have that's that are out there, and um, and and get outside and, and move those bodies. You know we are modern humans, but we've got ancient biology, and we, for the longest time, we've been chasing our food and running around and being active, and we need to do that. It just turns on. It's it's almost like the best pharmaceutical intervention you could do. And it's not a pharmaceutical intervention, but it actually just triggers all these longevity pathways and, and circuits and is so good for us. Um, minimize sugar and those sorts of things, because these are, again, elements of our diet. Yeah, they're inflammatory and we're just not used to it. I think it was maybe a teaspoon of sugar a week or it might have been five teaspoons a week or something that we are used to and that it suits our bodies. And we're doing that in every mouthful just about. It's, it's just so, so bad for us and so aging. Um, so the next thing is to look at um, how do we, what, what are the latest technology and understandings around cellular aging? And there are certain 
enzymes that deplete as we age and they have an impact on our, our cells. The most exciting um, ingredient that I've found or molecule is something called hobamine. Hobamine is a... Could you spell that? Or yeah, you... okay, yes, it's H-O-B-A-M-I-N-E, hobamine. Hobamine. Yeah, and it comes from Himalayan Tartary buckwheat, which is a, a, a food source um, near the Himalayas. And, and what it does is it prevents the damage, downstream damage from oxidative stress. So we all get a little bit of oxidative stress from time to time, and it's, it's okay because we can get it back into balance generally. Um, but what happens when we have a high level of oxidative stress is that it damages our cell membranes, and those membranes go and actually um, form, um, form bonds with our DNA and our proteins, and it causes problems. And uh, hopamine is the first molecule to date that actually sort of is a firewall against that particular problem. And, so does uh, it behave differently to something, say, like resveratrol, which has been wildly touted as the best antioxidant? Yeah, so this is a non-antioxidant antioxidant because okay. you know, you've got your free radicals and in a Goldilocks zone, right? You've got, you don't want too many because that's oxidative stress. But if you have too few, that's a problem as well because you need free radicals because your body uses it to signal around the body. And a good example of that is um, when you do exercise, there's a bit of oxidative stress that happens in your muscles and it triggers the building of more muscle, which is good. If you have too many antioxidants, it, it, it stops that communication process going through. So it uh, doesn't mean to stop taking resveratrol, for example, because that works in a slightly different way. But um, you, you, what's neat about hobamine is that it allows, it stops the damage without interfering with those that free radical process. And it's um, it's an exciting molecule and there's huge, huge amount of research that's going into it right now. And it should be in our water because it essentially slows the damage associated with time that's occurring in our bodies. And it, the best way to describe it is sunscreen for your cells, right? I mean, you put sunscreen on because it stops the DNA damage from the UV rays. Well, you, you take your hobamine and it helps reduce the DNA damage from living. And it's uh, an exciting molecule. Is that what you have in your cell one, cell two, cell three supplements? We have it in our cell one supplement, and okay. that's um, designed for people in their 20s because you don't need any extra help really in your 20s. You just need to look after your DNA, keep the repair processes that occur in your DNA working as well as possible. Um, and it literally is like sunscreen for your cells. It's just about how do we slow the aging process and um and how do we support your dna being as good as possible because david sinclair's work has shown that actually dna is the driver of aging and so if we can keep it looking good for as long as possible then then that's what what we should do um the other exciting molecule is what david talks about as well dr sinclair um and that is um nad um so he talks about nmn a lot nmn is a a, a, a way to boost levels of this molecule called NAD in our cells. You'll know all about it, I'm sure, but it's essentially... I do, but you know what? I could hear about it again and again. And I have to tell you, in full transparency, even I get confused between NAD supplements and NMN supplements. You know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Should I be taking NMN or NAD plus? Yeah. So you're, you're going to boost this really important molecule called NAD with both of those, right? And it's it's this 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 compound drops precipitously in our cells 
from her age of 40. It's like it's it's quite significant. And it's 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 actually the second most prevalent molecule in our body after water. It's wow. how important it is for our cells. And it's involved in 500 different chemical processes in our, our cells. It's involved in protecting our DNA. It's involved in um, creating energy in our cells. And it's um, it's just a super important molecule. And it actually also modulates our microbiome, like the the, the, the you know, bugs in our, our gut. And uh, they think that uh, the, the reason that we have a change is to many of these parts of our cells, less energy, uh, our microbiome changes, is because of the NAD levels um, declining with age. And so um, it's a really important molecule. Um, and that's in our cell two product. Um, and you don't need to take that until your mid thirties because it's really targeting the mitochondria, which are your cellular batteries and they work beautifully up until, you know, your mid thirties. And then the other things we're looking to do is, is a molecule called fisetin or fisetin. And it's something that comes from strawberries and some plants and it's involved in reducing senescent cells, which are the zombie cells that start to build up in our body and, cause inflammation and disease and that and you really don't need to address that until your 50s so i'm 49 am i a candidate for the cell 2 product or the cell 3 product i would take cell 1 2 and 3 right so, so it's, 1 2 and 3 okay yeah so that's what makes our, our our system if you will or protocol a little bit different we say take cell 1 in your 20s forever um, then when you're in your mid-30s, add in cell two. And, okay, and combination. In. So it's not yeah. only for people in their 20s. That's what I was trying to get at. Because yeah, yeah, I didn't exactly. want to be left out. I still feel 20. Yeah, yeah no, look, it's, it's a really interesting uh, molecule. And, and if anybody likes doing research, you can jump onto PubMed and uh, type in Hobamine and you'll just start to get all the really interesting research that's happening on that for that particular molecule. Um, and so and in your 50s, that's when we do have this issue with these zombie cells. And so you, um, you, that's what we've designed this formula for, is to help you stimulate autophagy, um, reduce the burden of cellular senescence, and, and that just helps lower the, some of the things in our bodies that, that, that accelerate aging. Now, you went a step ahead and you had all of your cell products clinically tested, which is not something a lot of supplement companies will do. What they'll do, just for anyone listening, is uh, they will cite the clinical research of some of the ingredients, but not the actual, they won't actually do clinical tests on the formulated product with the multiple ingredients. But you went to the expense and I'm sure the enormous headache of doing clinical trials and clinical tests that were published on your cell range. Yeah, that's right. Um, so if I go back to my book, when I, um, I, I created the book uh, based on a paper called The Hallmarks of Aging. And there, back, in, uh, back three years ago, there were nine hallmarks of aging. And these are uh, hallmarks of aging, are uh, things that in our cells that drive aging. And, and really, when I saw that as a pharmacist, I thought, it's not just nine hallmarks, that's nine targets that we could seek to look at whether we can actually modulate aging. And so you're absolutely right. It's easy to look at it from a, in paper, but it's really hard, much harder to make sure that it's actually happening. And so that's what we did. We did a, 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 we started with an observational trial. And what we did was we got a group of 50 people and we, we gave them either placebo or our, or our, our, our system. 
And um, over, we measured it over six months and we saw a reversal in, in biological age over that time. So that's given us the confidence now to go into a full clinical trial. And that's what we're doing in, in America right now. And uh, we're not only just uh, testing the the system, but we also have developed a protocol around it, which is not is about how do we eat better, how do we exercise, what does that look like when in combination with our formula. So we'll get data on that um, in the next three months or so, um, and this will just give us uh, more a published um, look at exactly what we're doing um, at a cellular level, and I, I think consumers deserve that. Right? We've we've We've, you know, it's, we've gone from hope in a bottle to getting so much great science around um, the supplements that we're, we've got access to. And, um, and meanwhile, of course, drug companies are working at the other end, building pharmaceuticals, which are going to do something similar as well. And so we're, we're, we're really giving people access to some of this, this tech, and it might not be quite as effective as the, the pharmaceutical version, but you can start now. And then when those pharmaceuticals show up, then um, you've, you know, your, your body and your cells are as in good a shape as possible. Speaking of pharmaceuticals uh, versus supplements, I know that there's been a huge amount of buzz around NMN and there's been a shortage because they're going to class NMN as a drug. And I mean, from my side, I know how powerful NMN is. And certainly, you know, the laboratory visit that I talked to you about before, that was the major proponent of the clinical trials that they were doing is on the dosage of high quality NMN to truly reverse aging. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if you could share your insight around, first of all, let's talk about NMN uh, because you, your company also produces an NMN product. And I'm wondering how you went about formulating the, the potency of that product, how it fits in with the other protocols that we've been talking about, and um, what you think about the drug version of NMN. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, I, I just love the molecule. I think it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, molecule, and, and it's um, something which just we, we can all benefit from, and there's just so much data showing that it has um, benefits for cellular health. Um, I'm um, a little disappointed with the FDA's decision because I think it's going to create barriers to access to this molecule and it's probably going to put the price up, which is something which is, is disappointing. Um, and but uh, you know, regardless of that, it's it's it is an you know for outside of America, it's an accessible molecule, and and we 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 should absolutely all all take it. Um, so I wanted to know uh, what. In what dosage um, did you decide to create your NMN product, yeah. and um, so so that it would be effective, and how it works in concert with the other protocols that yeah. you've developed? Okay, yeah, such a good question because a lot of people just take pure NMN, and um, that's all good. But um, I, I liken it to you know you've got a, a motor in your car, and if your motor in your car is a little bit old or it's not got great oil in it if you put uh, you know high powered fuel into it it can cause some problems so what we did when we formulated cell 2 was to include a really interesting molecule called astaxanthin are you familiar with, with that i am not it's a it's a it's a really interesting antioxidant that comes from algae or algae um 
I've been in America lately and no one knows what I'm talking about with algae, but so yeah, algae is, uh, or algae, algae. Um, they have cell walls exactly the same as we do in our cells and their sunscreen to prevent damage from like the UV rays almost is this particular antioxidant and it sits perfectly in the cell membrane. So yes, when I have heard about this. Yeah. Yes. So when you take it orally, it goes into not only your cell membranes, but also your mitochondrial membrane. And that's where... So it's almost like you've got an engine. We've what we did when we put astaxanthin is in is we put good oil in the motor, and then we put NMN in as well, and that it, it just means your mitochondria is working really really well in terms of the amount of the fuel that you're putting into it, and also the the lubrication so to speak. And then we also added something called terastilbene, which is a molecule relating to resveratrol. It's a it's a a relative, and it's just more bioavailable. And um, and and terastilbene is there to support enzymes or proteins that look after your DNA. They're called sirtuins, and those sirtuins get a boost. But sirtuins need NAD to work properly. So what we're doing is just making sure all of that is balanced and working well in your cells. And that's the the difference between pure NMN, which is still great, um, but the formulation we've got in cell two is a little bit more sophisticated. And again, working right down at that mitochondrial level. But you also produce a pure NMN product. Yes. Yep. And I'm wondering how you would take that as additional supplementation or do you go either or? I actually, um, I, it's either or, and it's a lot to do with budget, really. Um, just the, the, the straight NMN product we've Thank bought. Thank you for being so candid. I really appreciate it because yep. you know what? There's not a lot of straight talk out there when it comes yeah. to supplements. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it's about, really. Like you've, it's a great molecule on its own, um, but we've formulated it to do, you know, for specifically for a, another function, which is around cellular health and DNA care, if you will. So um, you, you choose which one suits your budget. So if I was to take just NMN and not the cell one, two, and three protocol, what would be some of the benefits of adding NMN to my stack? Yeah, so I, I love NMN. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's yeah, me too. So it's a, it's it's going to do a bunch of things. It helps with your microbiome, so it just helps regulate that. Our microbiome changes as we age, and uh, and and for the negative, uh, to you know, so uh, it helps with regulate that. Um, it helps with energy, and it helps with DNA repair, and it just helps with all these other. 500 different biological reactions that happen in our cells so um, it's it's really worthwhile just taking on its own the other thing um, we did was in cell three was we added something called epigenin or epigenin and epigenin is a really interesting molecule because it interferes with an enzyme which breaks down NMN and you get more of that when you're older and when you're overweight so what we've looked to do is when you take cell one and cell two, cell two and cell three is that we're getting more NMN into the cell, but we're also shutting the back door and, and stopping that enzyme from chewing up the NAD. And, and because we know if you're over the age of 50 and perhaps you're a little bit overweight, you're, this, this enzyme which eats NMN, its levels increase. And so you might be putting NMN in, but that enzyme is actually chewing it all up before you actually get the real benefit of it. So putting those two molecules together, um, especially in your 50s or if you're a little bit overweight, um, is, is quite important. Um, well, I guess this is why it's brilliant that you're not only a researcher, but you're also a pharmacologist. So you really understand that 
dance between the molecules and yeah. understanding how downstream um, you need to be thinking uh, about how they interact with one another. And I guess that's, you know, I want to go back to the supplement that I was introduced to, which is your MSC1, um, because as I was saying to you, I was noticing uh, muscle deterioration as a result of aging, as a result of fasting. I was exercising a lot and I do exercise a lot, but that muscular tone was was not where I wanted it to be. And for me, having that muscle strength and tone is a really key hallmark of aging well. I don't want to be skinny. I want to be toned. I want to be strong. Yeah, and it's just so important for your health. You know, the, as we age, we lose muscle and it's a leading cause of falls, of injuries. If you get sick, you don't have reserves. There's, there's all sorts of benefits for keeping healthy healthy muscle. So really important to have good levels of protein intake. Um, and what we've done is um, we've, we've worked with a company who's actually used this molecule for the last 20 years in, in the healthcare, in the hospital setting. And oh. it was developed because um, people who are bedridden, like they, they muscle wastes away. And so what they used it for was to actually stop that, that muscle wasting or slow it down. And so for, for people like you and me who take it, it just means that we can maintain our muscle mass a whole bunch easier. But it comes with you know, 20, 25 years of research. And the reason we've been fortunate to access it is that it just came off of patent. And so we've we've you know looked at it and gone, okay, how do we adapt that beyond just muscle wasting in hospital, but how do we get the benefit of it? And it, it's a really clever metabolite, um, which slows muscle wasting and makes it much easier to build muscle cells or muscle muscle um, density. So is it like a pre-workout? Would you take it as a pre-workout? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's um and what we did was we we looked at it because it's not just muscle wasting that we deal with as we age, but we also have body composition changes, right? We put a little bit of extra weight on and we lose a little muscle. So what we did was we combined um HMB, which is this molecule which supports healthy muscle. Um, with a ketone called BHB, which is also really interesting because it helps to um, support the body to, to, I guess, burn a little extra fat. It's one of these. It's like a metabolic booster as yeah, well. It is a, yeah, that's right. It's just a, uh, it's, a, it's yeah, exactly that. It just um, helps the body shift to fat burning mode, if you will. And so the two of those, um, plus a, another really interesting molecule called AKG, which is in you know, so many, uh, lots of three letter acronyms. Yeah. Um, but again, what they work is synergistically to help us like tone our body essentially. And so, so men would love this product too, right? Everything 100%. we're talking about, men and women. Yep, you be it. Yeah, and it's just a, it's a neat way to um, uh, potentiate all that work we're doing in the gym. And well, that's and, a good um, word, potentiate. Yes, I like that. Yeah. So with the MSC one, is there a better time than others to take it? It, it just for anyone who's listening or watching. It's it's a little sachet. You mix it with water. Tastes kind of lemony, super pleasant. And um, I've been taking it at night because I take I fast in the morning. Right. Am I taking it right? Yeah, I mean you can take it in the morning or night time. Um, I would I probably would take it in the morning just so that you get the benefit from the exercise, like the okay. Yeah, um, Are just, there calories in it that would break my fast? Should I wait till after my fast period? 
No, in fact, it's it really it actually um, helps with your fast. So um, what some people are finding is that they they um, don't feel hungry when they've had it. So it's because the the, the ketones in there it actually supports um, the feeling of um, just well the, the lack of hunger, if you will. So I, I have it with my um, with with my breakfast, or if I'm not having breakfast, I just take it as a morning drink and use that to wash down my my supplements um, and and so on. And um, and it just yeah, it's just a really really interesting formula. When you were talking about muscle atrophy and being in hospital, um, well, they no one gave this to me because I was hospitalized for seven weeks before I gave birth to my daughter. I had placenta previa. I was on my back as a 36-year-old for seven weeks. And I can tell you firsthand, I could not walk from seven weeks of being bedridden. I had to completely rehabilitate my legs and I had an emergency seizure. So I was cut open at the tummy and I had complete muscle atrophy of my legs and I had to take a baby home. Mm. And it took a long time. I mean, I had a lot of personal training and I was taking protein powders and supplements, but at no time did someone say, hey, here is a patented supplement that you can take that's going to help with the deterioration of your muscles while you lay up. For seven mm. weeks I, I had absolutely no support there yeah yeah no, I'd say um and they may have um because they may have not talked with you about it purely just because you're you're pregnant and and like, maybe you know, yeah maybe but um but certainly if you found yourself in that situation again 100 percent this is such an, an important molecule to keep your muscles and and as, as best working order as possible I want to ask you a question, and this is kind of a selfish question, but how long do you think we need to give supplements before we can really see a result? I want to say three months. Um, and that's because we, I mean, there are ones that you feel immediately, no doubt about it. You get a boost in energy with NMN, et cetera. But, you know, we're all, um, this is, comes back to that question when, when we started around um, preventative wellness. Like we we actually want to keep ourselves in the best working order as, as for, for as long as possible, and uh, and it's really important that we do that. Um, and so I would be supplementing from our you know twenties and thirties um, purely so that you are delivering the right vitamins and minerals and molecules to your cells that keep them in, in great working order. For um, and I, I think this is what's neat about this generation coming through is that that's they're going to get access to that. Oh, definitely. And, you know, there's a lot of work in supplements instead of HRT for perimenopause and menopause. There's a lot of, uh, there's a whole explosion in the area of um, treating, you know, uh, periods and um, the fluctuations of hormones during your reproductive years. Um, And, you know, uh, that starts what at 12 13 so i think that there is going to be a huge amount of work that's mm-hmm. done on correct and safe supplementation yeah for, for all ages yeah it's, it's really um i was at a conference uh, last year and they talked about the amount of research that's gone into women's health compared to like just men's health if you will and it's just absolutely appalling so the really exciting thing is that's shifting so quickly now and there are billions of dollars going into um, how to support women's health um, with all of the different, um, I guess, ages and stages. 
Uh, and so it, it, it's it's exciting and it's not just about supplements it's the femtech it's the the yeah. apps and, the, and, the, and and so on so uh i uh yeah i think it's you know even just down to the fact the amount of research that's gone into endometriosis for example is absolutely appalling compared to other health conditions and yet it affects half you know half of the pop you know, can potentially affect half of the population so you know these are I think there are a lot of uh, incredible women out there that are going, actually, this is not okay and starting to do that work and um, it's catching up super quick. So you know, I think from a woman's health perspective, it's 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 a fantastic time. And you are a pioneer in this kind of initiative because you've set up, you're a co-founder of the uh, Wellness Access Institute. Can you tell me about this organization and what your charter is and what you hope to achieve? Yeah, so two things. One is about how do we stimulate conversations around preventative wellness. Like, we, you know, you go into a supermarket today, and really, we need to be doing better than having aisles of sugar, and just these are things that are fundamentally bad for our health. And you know, the government might not be paying much for it now, but they sure as heck is are paying for it later as we get sicker sooner. So we really need to work better on on just the core basic things that help us be healthy. So part of the uh, the why uh, wellness access institute is to create conversations around that uh, maybe um, craft some some policy or some behavioral change with these core things that we can do so much better and, and it's 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 not rocket science and we need to start talking about this um and help parents help their kids be the next healthiest generation um so part of it's that and then the other side of it is there are so many interesting things that are happening in, in wellness right now that can take way too long to get to us. So for an example of this is, um, um, uh, or even NMN, which is like a really interesting product, which has taken like 10 years really to get kind of some sort of traction. Um, the purpose of this uh, why is also to go, how do we accelerate science to society? How do we identify what uh, molecules and supplements and treatments and protocols have really clear benefit um, and they don't languish out there for 10 years before someone notices them or they get some sort of traction. So we really want to work with researchers and scientists to get these discoveries into people, um, into their hands, into their awareness much, much faster. And do you publish the results? Um, is this something that the public can access and benefit from and learn from, or is this a more of an incubator policy um, think tank? Yeah, so we're it's, it's all of the above. We we only started um, six months ago. So uh, what we're doing right now is building out our science advisory board. We've got some incredible researchers and scientists that are working with us because they're they like us, very mission based and looking to help help people. Um, and so we've got a white paper that will come out uh, in a couple of months, um, starting to look at what our purpose is, our charter, and all the people that we're working with. Uh, and then and yeah, we, we'll just see. This is really one of these things where. We we start out. We don't know where you know quite where we're going. We know where we want to be, but I'm sure it's going to zigzag. And and um, we but we're there for the journey. And ultimately, it's about how do we keep people healthier for longer. And and again, back to that 2050 number of two billion of us being over the age of 60. Um, you know, I think it's 60 percent of people over the age of 65 have multi multiple health conditions. So we need to do better than that. And we can do better than that. And it's preventable if we do some really basic things. So that's that's what it's about. 
I want to go back to talking about the hallmarks of aging, which you discuss in your book. So the the current book is the nine hallmarks of aging and, and you've added to it. Can you share with us the hallmarks of aging? And uh, and I guess going back to what you said is you use this as the springboard for developing your products and companies, because if these are the hallmarks of aging, then these are the key things that we need to be addressing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the hallmarks are defined as changes to our cells that occur during as we age. And it could be that they actually drive aging, or it could be that they're in response to things that have happened in our cells that um, that change. And they're also, so there are three criteria. First one is they happen during aging. Second one is you're in the laboratory and you accelerate them. What happens? It accelerates aging. And if you're in the laboratory and you slow it down, what happens? Well, it slows aging. So that's the three criteria. Um, and, and so the, the core elements of them, there are nine, but I'll just talk about three areas because that's, that's easiest. One is your DNA. So it's about how do we um, keep our DNA in good a shape as possible? Um, as I mentioned before, you put sunscreen on your, on your skin because it's preventing UV damage to your DNA. And you can tell the difference between the back of your hand and your wrist as to, you know, same, same animal, so to speak, but different skin. And that's because of the damage. Um, and so if you look after your DNA, um, then you the DNA can start you. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And, you know, your DNA breaks 100,000 times a day in every single cell in your body. It's a crazy number. It's not a number you need to worry about because your body has really good repair mechanisms that look after it. But as we age, you know, things do break. And so it's about how do we lubricate that process and, and just keep your DNA in good working order. And and you worry, not worry about it. You you should be thinking about it in your 20s as to how do you keep your DNA working well. Um, then it's about energy. And energy is really important because your cell needs energy to do all its jobs. It needs energy to fix what gets broken. It needs energy to take the rubbish out when it when it needs to. Um, it needs energy just to do its its job, you know, heart cell beating or a brain cell thinking. And so our mitochondria are the primary um, little parts of our cells that deliver energy to any energy, and they decline in function about 10% a decade from our 30s. So you don't feel it so much in your 30s, but when you wake up in your 40s and 50s, you're not healing as quickly, you're not bouncing out of bed so quickly, perhaps getting a bug a bit easier and not recovering as quickly. So you look after those batteries and they look after you, just look at your DNA. And then lastly, it's about cellular housekeeping. It's like, what are we doing to support um, the body lowering the amount of junk in our cells or cells that aren't working properly? And we're really good when we've got lots of energy in those mitochondria. But as we age, things get a little tired and um, we need a little help to with the, the housekeeping. So that's what you look after in your 50s. And uh, all of these things, of course, you can do by dieting. Diet is a healthy diet and healthy exercise, a little bit of fasting, um, mindfulness. Um, these are things that don't cost any money that we can do. And then you can then add these interventions of uh, latest supplements on top and get further benefit. Uh, I think what you were saying is really interesting. You know, the lifestyle things that are free and every person in this biotechnology space talks about it. You know, they always talk about meditation and reducing cortisol levels as a, an incredibly useful and immediately beneficial uh, 
way to you know reduce your biological age they talk about getting good sleep uh the ultimate biohack uh, they talk about reducing caloric intake and fasting again as you said free uh cold therapy having a cold shower proven biohack fantastic for cellular wellness they're all free uh, they're available to absolutely everyone on the planet and yet they're the ones that are the most hard for people to be compliant with and so all of us me included even though I do these things and exercise and uh, make sure that I'm you know following those protocols I'm also looking for a magic bullet and if the biotechnology industry is you know uh, able to give me something that's going to turbocharge those lifestyle changes or pick up the slack where I'm not so good in those lifestyle changes I'm interested and I think that you know I, it would be false of me to say that I'm not interested that I'm all about the holistic pathway I'm curious where you think biotechnology is going. You know, you said before we're about 10 to 15 years away from 80 being the new 40 or 80 being the new 60, let's say, um, to be more realistic. Um, where where are you excited for uh, in biotechnology? Okay, I'm, I'm, I, I like to think of this as like a jigsaw puzzle, right? Where, you know, you start out with a jigsaw puzzle and, and, and what's, and even worse is that there are, like certain you've got to look for those jigsaw pieces and they're in every room in the house right that was what health was like 100 years ago what is happening right now is that scientists are starting to put this jigsaw together and understand how our cells are working and, and all of the integrated systems and it's complex and it's challenging but you know what it's like when you get a jigsaw puzzle and you've got half of the puzzle pieces together and all of a sudden it gets a whole bunch easier because we're and it, and it gets faster and faster and faster until you figure out the whole puzzle we're getting really close to figuring out what that that jigsaw puzzle is and really understanding how our cells operate and the different systems and interactions that they are and yes it's complex but we've got lovely tools like machine learning and artificial intelligence which are now working as, beside us on it so um, you know, thanks to the work of people like um, David Sinclair and other people um, out there, we are going to get to a point where we fully understand how this works and also um, understand what behaviours and interventions we can do as we're young to, to make sure that we, we turn up super healthy um, in our old age and then, and then have that rejuvenation occur. And, you know, it's, it's feasible um, that the you know the work that David Sinclair is doing, but also um, some of the genetic um, engineering that's happening out there, um, combining all of that are going to mean that we could easily be two, three, four hundred years old eventually. And that might sound crazy, but you know there are mammals um, living like the uh, the uh, bowhead whale, which lived to two, three hundred years. They've got the same biology. You know, we're all the same. Um, they've just got something that we don't understand just yet that's causing them to live a whole bunch longer. And so we can, we will learn what that is. And as soon as we understand it, we can implement that into our biology. Um, and it's going to radically change um, how, how our health span, which can be, you know, the amount of time that we're healthy. And in increasing our health span, we'll increase our lifespan. So, um it's just going to be really interesting. I'd say 10, 15, 20 years from now, 
health is going to be a lot different to what we are experiencing today. Oh, I'm so excited for it. I, I'm excited for my daughter. You know, I was a 36 year old first time mom. And, you know, my mom was 20 when she had me. So the I've enjoyed having a young mom for a long time and hopefully uh, for many, many decades to come. Uh, and say with my father, who's young, you know, who's in his um, late 20s when, when I was born. And I've had the pleasure of having a young, both in age and in thought and everything of, of parents. And I'm hoping that all of this biotechnology is going to catch up so that, you know, when Lily is older, I can feel fit, young, vibrant, uh, of, you know, mentally sound uh, mind, because obviously the conversation around dementia is a whole conversation unto itself. Um, but yeah, it's it's exciting. The, the pathway is, is exciting. Yeah, and it's not science fiction. It sounds... Um... You know, and, and look, I'll have conversations uh, where I'm talking and I, and I have to calibrate everybody to say, well, you know, we, we think what we've got right now is normal and it's really hard to imagine what it's like to to extend our health span and lifespan radically, radically. But, you know, if we went back in time 100 years, um, people were living much so differently and living much shorter lives. Um, and and had a much shorter health span, and so for them, hundred years ago, how we're living would be just as foreign, right? So, it's um, once we understand that, we we can you know, set the scene for understanding what's coming ahead of us, and um, we we may be the first generation of humans, you and I, in our fifties or nearly, um, that will experience radical longevity. Um, and it could be that we are in this the termed longevity escape velocity, where um, we, we, you know, we, we may you know, just hang around for a whole bunch longer. And time will tell, of course, and as usual, things are much more complex than what we think. And the, the more we understand, the less, the less we know. But um, I'm, I'm relatively confident it's within our grasp. Well, I think radical longevity is going to be my new T-shirt. I love it. It's it's positive and it's exciting. And I want to thank you so much, Greg, for being on the show. This was truly one of my favorite conversations. Uh, so many topics covered and the work that you're doing in this space is incredible, exemplary and really exciting. Yeah, I'm excited by heart. It's, it's, a, it's a great... Uh great opportunity to make a difference and, and to help people and, and raise consciousness so that we can all be aging a whole lot better than we are now. Yes, please. Lovely to see you. Likewise. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship, but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy, and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. 